0: The following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker, June Hunt. June, you know, I've heard you before say that you had this thought process as you were trying to think about a a particular topic of ours in the Keys that, uh, you, you know, the Bible As a reflection of real life and, Mm -hmm. you know, starting with that, uh, with that point in mind and then wondering, well, who could we use? Who is there in the Bible as an illustration of, uh, manic depression and how did you go about Mm -hmm. that? What's the thought process there?
1: Well, I, I just knew, you know, that the Bible is very candid. Um, even those who were heroes of the faith, um, the bible is very clear about challenges in their lives or just wrong decisions they made and that's not typical when somebody's going to be promoting something like an advertising you you don't mention the negatives it's <laughs> no. it's all, uh, kind of heralding all the good well that's why i remember thinking but with bipolar disorder that means the two ends of the pole there's depression, depression. But then there'll be phases. This is all brain chemistry. This is not what anybody wants. But it's brain chemistry that makes this deep depression, uh, which can be the life-threatening, at two, all the way to the extreme of mania, which is the manic phase, uh, super high. And and I remember, I just kept thinking, who and and here then is king saul and um i've not ever gone through this on uh b- before on on this program but i think it so so i began to read um in first samuel uh chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter of king saul and uh so if you look at this and even do it yourself you would find it fascinating you take the characteristics of mania, like this elevated mood, um, extraordinary bursts of energy, uh, increased creativity and productivity, and rapid talking, and easily distracted, um, poor concentration, um, uh, engaging in impulsive, high-risk behaviors, and uh, just sometimes an inflated sense of their own skills, and and or, or their potential or talent. And then you look at the the the, the depressive uh, episodes that that those with bipolar have extremely uh, a, a sense of of emptiness and sadness, extreme extreme sadness, uh, s- feeling slowed down, uh, sometimes sleep problems. Um, d- Decreased creativity and productivity, slowed speech, trouble concentrating, a profound loss of interest or pleasure in most activities that had been enjoyed, and then feeling hopeless or worthless, uh, suicidal uh, thoughts of death. And so you see this with King Saul. In terms of the mania, there's extreme um, irritability um, this um, I, 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 I called it that elevated mood um, could be like on a high and and you see this how he's irritated when um the well i, I I'm thinking about the prophet Samuel. Uh, had not arrived to offer a designated sacrifice before a battle, and he just became impatient, and um, he'd offered a sacrifice himself that he wasn't supposed to do. Um, and so we have this detailed uh, in 1 Samuel 13, 11 and 12. Poor judgment. It, one thing he did, he forbid his army to eat um, f- when they needed food, mm-hmm. but uh, he forbid them to to eat now this makes no sense Mm. but and and said so none of the troops tasted food consequently the men became weak um excessive pleasures uh keeping battle spoils that he should not have done that's not what he was told to do but he did it anyway um and that's in first samuel 15 um inflated sense of self. I remember um, he set up a monument in his own honor when he went to, uh, to Carmel. Uh, this is 1 Samuel 15. It was uh, clearly an act of, of, if you will, grandiosity. He was easily distracted uh, where uh, there were women who were giving all these chants uh, David had, um, was, uh, had, in, in other words, it, it, you know, it's like Saul had killed thousands, David tens of thousands, and he, it, it just totally upset him. Anyway, there, we, we have in our keys uh, keys for living on depression, and we show the, the differences. And by the way, Saul did take his own life. He uh, wanted his armor bearer to kill him, but then Saul took his own sword and fell on it in 1 Samuel 31. So you see these extremes, um, and I hadn't realized it until I looked at bipolar disorder, and he fits the profile perfectly.
2: The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
3: Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night... June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches, and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is—family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life—June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at one 800 917 We'll protect your privacy, and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817.
0: You are listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get to our caller in a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the topic of depression, you can talk to our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE. Anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, they'd be happy to help you access the right resources. June was just talking about the topic of depression. We have Keys for Living called Walking from Darkness into the Dawn. And that, and so many other titles are available. If you talk to customer support, let them know what um, maybe issues you're struggling with, thinking through, and you can help. Uh, you can help them help you. I guess that they can uh, recommend some resources for you. Their number again: eight hundred four eight eight hope 800-488-4673. Or you can email them at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Let's get to tonight's caller. We have a listener in Texas listening online. This evening, we welcome Ashton.
1: Well, hello, Ashton. Welcome, welcome to Hope. Thank you. How can we help you?
4: Um, I just have a few questions, I guess, that I'd like to discuss, maybe even about what you just shared about Saul and the story of mm. Saul and the story of David.
1: Oh, Yes. I'm happy to take your questions
4: um, i was I was starting to read a little bit while you were reading the introduction or the you know the little ads were going on there promotion of helping other people around the world. Um, and I just was asking myself like you know, what were Saul's issues challenges in life versus how was David's challenges different than Saul's? And just, you know, looking at their lives and what's shared in Scripture, of what can we learn from them?
1: Well, there was a time when uh, the nation of Israel was a theocracy, meaning God was their leader. And what he said would go. That, in other words... People followed, well, they were supposed to follow um, what God dictated. And instead, later on, um, the people wanted a physical king. And so instead of being a theocracy uh, now, there was a monarchy. A, a monarchy and... Um, but god still was a couple for choosing uh who the leaders would be and there were pluses certainly for king saul yet and he he started out uh well and yet there were choices he made that uh later were not wise, he became very jealous of this young uh, unexpected hero uh, and the story about David um, standing up and uh, being willing to take on the very, very, very large considered a giant um, that... um, it, many people know about uh, this giant who is um, belittling Israel, that the Jewish people, the Jewish warriors, and uh, they, but because because of his size, Goliath. Um, no, most people would not. Most 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 of the warriors, uh, they did not feel qualified, and yet David had uh, been obedient as a young uh, young man. He was a shepherd, but he had killed a lion and a bear, and so he thought, I, I am willing to take Goliath on. And of course, the way he did it had to do with stones that he literally um, was able to throw with a sling and he ended up killing this mammoth man uh and um he he had god god's blessing on his side yeah. and instead of king Saul embracing him in the right way he became threatened by this young man and interestingly the son of Solomon, whose name is Jonathan, it so happened that Jonathan's best friend was, became David. And so he was even, he saw, was so threatened that um, he was willing to kill his own son. And that, that's part of the challenge. Um, he loved his son but but it's like this jealousy, this lack of trusting God and his uh, uh, his willingness to be leading both Solomon and David or or whoever there would be for the future. Uh, instead, he had a very inflated view of himself, feeling he should not have anyone who would um, take him on. And that's, um, that's, that's loose language as I'm using it. I'm just saying um, where there were some admirable things initially about Saul. You, you know, a lot of people think, um, oh, how wonderful to be a leader and have great talent and all, and that is wonderful unless we can think more highly of ourselves, you know, who gave us whatever ability we have? Uh, Who, even if it's skilled that um, we develop, still there are initial things. I, I often think, you know, I could have just as easily been born mute Not having ability to speak, um, much less sing or anything like that. But in other words, we need to be aware of there are so many things that we did not, we don't deserve to be able to do. Why, you know, many are born and they live for years in a hospital or a type of facility because they are impaired, well, I don't deserve I mean it's not like I deserve to have health um, when there are so many that do not have good health and so what i'm I'm saying is we need to we should if we're wise, we're going to say, Lord, anything that you've given me the ability to do. You're the source of that, and may I be humbled. And when I when I have challenges, then I, I will have challenges as everyone does, just in different areas. We we all have challenges. It's just, you know, at different times, in different ways. But um, I I think uh, a lot of leaders have realized. When they had would be at the top of their corporation or whatever would put them in the the top position, um, there is there should be an awareness that um, we can have a type of pridefulness, and I I, I just look uh, Ashton at. The scripture which says god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and i'm talking about pridefulness not not you you can be proud of a of a a child or a parent or you know they're, they're i'm not talking about the positive kind of pride the the bible when it when we read god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble um how how do we do when we're in that higher position? Some people do beautifully. They are it's called servant leadership. They become servant leaders, and it's their opportunity to be greater servants of of people, even though they're at the top. Others become dictators and prideful and it's a very dangerous place, and I think that's what happened um with with Saul because he didn't start out there in in that prideful with that prideful disposition um, Does that help at all?
4: Yes, I think it's like you know when we read the scripture for people who believe in what the scripture says and believe in Jesus as our Savior, that we have to evaluate, like, well, how do we avoid what Saul did, and how do we, how do, we do, do the things, or how do we become a person like David, who is a man after God's own heart, you know, and it's not about what did they do, but, like, how did the Holy Spirit and how did God work in their lives, and how can we see from the principles that worked in their lives how we can apply it to our lives.
1: Well, you know, even David is one of the most beloved of all the individuals that are highlighted in the Bible. And yet, what we see is there was a point when he was king when he um, literally uh, took a woman that he saw. He was not with the military where normally. He would would have been, and um, so he was in the wrong place. He, uh, he began to lust after a woman who was a married woman and um, took her to bed, and um, she became pregnant. And then he intentionally had instruction to, well, for, first he tried to cover it up by... Having this um this husband come home from the war and um from the military service, and uh, out of honor, uh, this husband chose not to have um sex with his wife uh, because he knew all of the fellow uh, soldiers were not having that, and so he did this out of principle. Well, that didn't work for for King David. And so then he had him put basically on the front lines of an army battle and um, that knowing he would probably be killed, and he was. So, you know, um, David, we see a, a humble man. Um, in fact, um, he's called a man after God's own heart. But when he took that top position, he ended up... Um, literally causing the death of a, the husband of the woman that he was having a, an affair with. Now, that's not the end of the story. One of the most beautiful, meaningful of all the Psalms is one of genuine repentance. It's Psalm 51. And it's um, he, in, in it, he writes, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me.
5: We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray.
6: And thank you for partnering
5: with us in prayer.
6: Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that he accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as precious and beloved to him? So many of us have a distorted image of God, that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you believe. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular 31-day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. You will gain biblical insight to help embrace the life-changing truth of the identity you have through your relationship with Jesus Christ. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night, and we give praise to God for how it has been used by Him to change so many lives for so many years. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes, for yourself or for a loved one at junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org.
0: You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. If you have any questions about tonight's topics or any number of topics, there are over 100 of our Keys for Living. There are various topics that uh, do a a full study, uh, just giving biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics and sure to... Uh, deal with something that you're dealing with in your life, just talk to our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE, and that's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to hear from you and uh, understand what it is that you would like help with and recommend some resources for you. Their number, again, is 800-488-HOPE. Eight hundred four eight eight four six seven three. Also, take a look at the website at hopefortheheart.org slash store. There you'll find all of our updated Keys for Living. Also, the Lifeline to Hope online training, which has been such a helpful tool for pastors and churches looking to start or grow a care ministry in their own church. And also, June's biblical resources there, Bible studies, other books. And it's all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's return to our conversation now with Ashton.
1: Well, Ashen, you were asking about um, the two kings and King Saul and then King David. And, um, you know, as I said, um, David started out um, immensely yielded to God, used by God. And um, but it was so interesting. There was uh, a time it's in second samuel 12 where um the lord actually sends a uh, godly prophet to david named nathan and uh he tells him about there was this there were these two men uh and one was rich and the other was poor the rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle but the poor man had nothing Except a, a little lamb, that uh, he was endeared for this, toward this one little uh, ewe lamb, and he raised it, and um, it, it it was precious because uh, he even slept in his arms. Uh, it was like a daughter to him, and then this traveler comes to him, and the rich man is going to, um, he, he should have prepared a meal for this man, and uh, sure enough, um, instead, he, he takes this little ewe lamb, instead of one of his many, many uh, lambs that he, and sheep that he had, and um, it, he, he literally killed the little ewe lamb and prepared it for the man who had uh, come to visit. And David, now this is all, all this is being told by this prophet. And David, the king, burned with anger. I'm reading in, in the Bible. Burned with anger against that man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for the lamb four times over. Because he did such a thing. And had no pity. Now listen to this. Then Dave, then Nathan. The, the prophet. Said to David. You. Are that man. And. This stunned. In other words there was a confrontation. By a godly. Man. Nathan the prophet. And. Initially, he did not eyes to, did not have eyes to see himself, and I've always thought that that story was so poignant because it doesn't matter how much a person has, like this story, where this rich man had all these sheep, um, he had all kinds of things he could have prepared, and yet. Um, to, to be arrogant there there's a huge uh, if if I would think of anything that God is against the most it's arrogance pridefulness and it is an an affront to the Lord himself and it hurts our relationships with others and so I, I these Biblical stories are really reflective of real life. It's not all all wealthy people are arrogant at all. There are many, many godly people who have wealth. But if they're going to be godly, they will be kind, they will be thoughtful, they will be sensitive. And they will reach out and, and meet needs. And they will use their wealth in a positive way, but they're those who um, are prideful, regardless of what they have. Um, and that, I think, these biblical truths are so strong for us, so that whether you're king or not, you can take, in this case, you know, uh, there there are some who will say that. Uh, power corrupts and then the corollary to that or the addition to that is and absolute power corrupts absolutely that's just a saying that i think is is poignant but the point is anytime we have a position over others and that that can mean being a father a mother it can be uh, having a position in the family of, of leadership, uh, whatever. We, we just need to be sure that we are humble, that we do what literally the Bible says. I'm going to give the highest purpose. Uh, Ashton, have you ever thought what is, what is the highest purpose for us, like purpose for living, purpose in life?
4: What do I think it is? Yes. I think it's for us to have a relationship with God, to love, I mean, to the two commandments. One, the first, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself.
1: Those are extremely important values that you just mentioned. What I've seen is Romans 8, 29 explains what the highest purpose is in life. Romans 8.29, in fact, I think it is uh, poignant because we've had people call this program saying, I don't know what my purpose in life is. And so when I share what I think is God's highest purpose and then send them our material on purpose in life, it really (laughs) helps. The Bible says... um, that we are predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That God, To me, the, God, the highest purpose is God has already figured out how he's going to enable us to be conformed to the character of Christ. Because if if we are conformed to the character of Christ, will we love God? Yes. If we are conformed to the character of Christ, will we love others? Yes. Yes. So, see, some will say, oh, well, the highest purpose would be to share your faith. Well, I think it's instead that we be conformed to the character of Christ. Because then we will do all these things. We will share. We will love. We will be literally... um, Meeting needs, we so, and that means we need to humble our hearts and receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior first, and then when we have that humbled heart, receiving Christ, giving Him control of our lives, then um, He takes over. He changes us inside out, and we literally. And because the scripture says he predestined, he's already figured out how he's going to enable us to more and more sin less and less. It's not that we're sinless, but we will sin less over time. And it is that he enables us to become what he created us to be. So I think that's, a, a joy. That's one of the great joys is watching God change us, inside out.
4: Mm, yeah, that's, that's true.
1: So, what uh, what is the reason for the questions that you've just asked?
4: I feel like I've wrestled with a lot of these things for a long time, and. I think I've grown in them, but then also it's like you always have a little bit more reworking and just, I guess that's part of learning and growing. You grow some and then you return to it and you learn more. That's just, I guess, the nature of who God is, to try to conform people who know Him as a as a Savior. That's, I guess that's the way He helps develop our growth and our relationship with Him. But I guess something that's... Uh, it brings to my mind just by writing down what you said earlier about Israel becoming a theocracy, I mean, not becoming, being a theocracy and then becoming under a monarchy and thinking about the history of our country, <coughs> excuse me, our country and us leaving a monarchy from England, you know, to, for the United States to be established and for us to quote-unquote claim some freedom from another country and setting up, you know, bureaucracy or democracy, I guess, uh, republic, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not the best with history, so I I struggle a little bit, (laughs) but I'm trying to get better. So I guess it's just like, I think I have felt a very big burden for our country and the way it's going, because it's like, you know, I feel like at some point at the foundations of our country, we were following more of the principles that God had laid out, but you know, as the world continues to deteriorate, America's going down with it and we are, I just, I guess the children cry out to me. Like, you know, all the abortion, sex trafficking, all of the major issues, it's just like, you know, I just feel like I can't ignore in my heart God's voice, like, to help children. Mm. I know that's kind of a a, a roundabout way of saying it, but it's just like, you know, our children are suffering, and if our children keep suffering and we don't help them, like, what's the next generation going to be for our country?
1: Yes, well, I think part of it is learning how to speak and how to, I'm talking about how to answer the questions that people are asking. Now, what you just mentioned is beautifully stated in Proverbs 31, verse 8. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. The point is, we do need to have a sensitive heart to reach out to others. But a lot of times, when we are, we can be literally on the side of right, meaning being correct, but if we're not able to learn, how do you answer the difficult uh, uh, verbiage that, that many people give against godliness?
2: The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
7: No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at one 800 seventeen. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life.
0: Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Their number again, 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If there's something going on in your life you'd like to speak with June about that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we welcome your call at 800-NIGHT17, that's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7, and when you call leave a detailed message for us, we'll get back to you and see what questions you have for June what uh, kind of direction you would like to hear from uh, God's Word and what what God's heart would be on your situation. By the way, we have availability in the next few days, so we'd love to hear from you, schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 night 800 644 4817 Returning now to our conversation with Ashton.
1: Well, Ashton, I'm so glad to hear that you have a concern for... um, for children, for young people, because they need positive examples. They need to hear truth. They need, they need if, if they don't hear uh, what is right in God's sight, how do we expect them to make wise decisions? And uh, early on, um, this is, Typically, a parent's responsibility, but many parents, they didn't receive help themselves in when they were growing up. Um, an, an example would be, um, I think of what is seen on television, in news clips, etc. My body, my choice. You, you're talking about the culture today. And here is a, a, here are these placards that many, 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 I've never seen so many placards on this with using this one phrase, my body, my choice. And the the implication is it's my body. I choose whether I accept to have a child or abort a child. That should be my decision. So what I'm talking about is helping people have answers because, like, I'm going to be teaching beginning... Uh, September t- September tenth, uh, uh, I'm going to be teaching a course on uh, the abortion dilemma, and um, at my church, and it's called Discipleship University. But the point is, I'm going to deal with these statements that are being made, and when I've heard this before, what I say to a a person who is proclaiming my body, my choice, I'll I'll say, yes, your body is your choice. But in pregnancy, there are two different bodies. There are two different brainwave patterns. There are two different DNAs. There are two different heartbeats. And I go down a list of specifics. can be two different genders. two different blood types so often. The, the point is a person does have a choice about their own bodies, but not the right to destroy another body, another life. And it surprises people who've only known my, my statements are going to be my body, my choice, and usually that catches them off guard. They don't know what to say. And the issue is not to have a gotcha mentality. It's, so we, we, in our material that we make available, this is what our ministry, Hope for the Heart, does. We prepare over a hundred topics to help people know not only what to do, but at times what to say. And so we have many, many questions and answers that can help tremendously when people don't know what to say. But that means there has to be intentional um, efforts to say, okay, I'm I'm going to get exposed to this, or I'm going to get material on this topic because I I don't want to be caught off guard. I want to know what do I say when someone who— they believe they're right— and I have relatives who would take an opposite position of my position, and they they will say, "I just think what's more important is a woman to have choice and be." And they're not against me, but they're very very specific. But I will also use scripture, like Deuteronomy thirty verse nineteen. I've set before you life and death. This is God speaking. I've set before you life and death. Choose life so that you and your children may live. Hmm. So we see God, in a way, is (laughs) pro-life. And by virtue, he's saying, choose life. It's very specific. And what I'm saying is, he's the one who is the creator of life. And therefore, he has a plan and purpose for each life that he chooses, even if we think, "Oh, but this circumstance is not a good circumstance. god's uh, God, God God is enabling us to be overcomers. And if He chose to allow life to be literally uh, coming to breath and for children to live, uh, then he has a plan and purpose for those lives and that's my point is to be able to how do we specifically talk if we if we care about people? well let's learn what are the arguments and answers so that we're not arguing. It's not arguing that that's in other words, what is presented as the opposing side, but how do we respond in a way, that's kind. That is thoughtful. That's biblical. Does that make sense?
4: Yes, it does make sense. So, you know,
1: oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, just so I'm. I'm trying to address the things that you've mentioned. Um, so you were going to ask or say?
4: Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, I haven't personally been in that type of situation where, you know, I have never been pregnant. So you know, thankfully I've never been pregnant, I've never, I've never been married, so I don't want to be pregnant when I'm not married personally, because I believe that's God's plan to have a man and a woman in marriage, mm-hmm. that's His design, and to, after that, then it's ideal to be in His design, to have a child at that point. But I have met people who have had abortions, and it's like, I don't know how, I mean, maybe just, obviously I know how, because... Jesus is the one who's the most compassionate person in the world, and he was moved in his—what is it? Compassion, from the Greek, is like to be moved within the bowels or something, you know? (laughs) And I just—I guess I feel heavy-hearted for people who have made that mistake and, you know, the anguish that they go through emotionally for making a bad decision like that and for, like— I guess struggling with forgiveness myself with other things and just feeling very sad for them because when women have abortions, then it's like, you know, they have to cope with their decision and the emotions that come with it, but they're never informed about that from the clinics that don't support pro-life. They are, you know, like, oh, you know, take care of yourself, just you know, abort the child and you'll be better, whatever they say to them, I don't know. But I'm just saying they don't tell them the hard facts of when you abort a child, you will have uh, all these emotional things that come after, but the person doesn't expect that.
1: Yes, there will be some who say, I know I made the right choice, and that's what they will present. But I have talked to so many that uh at one time at our ministry we were having um abortion recovery uh meetings with uh, it it it's poignant that people who had never told anyone for decades and um and it was a precious ministry um that there are, are some churches that sponsor this there it and, but it it is hugely beneficial because so often they'll they'll know the date of the abortion and every year near the time when that little life was snuffed out but but would have been maybe three years old uh, six years old you know ten years old and they they keep thinking what would my son have been like or what was my daughter? What would she have looked like? What could she be accomplishing? And um, and that part what, that you just mentioned, not even thinking that that would be the ramification. But also, there can be great misinformation shared. Like, well, one of the classic things that was heard for years, for decades and decades, was it's just a blob of tissue. It's not a person. And then when then the the sonograms uh when and it's not allowed by certain large large entities they don't allow the birth mother or the the mother who is pregnant they don't allow her to see the sonogram now they're supposed to have a sonogram but they won't allow the visual the 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 young person the the woman to to see uh, that little life, because because that little that little um, preborn baby in the womb can be sucking the thumb. I mean, li- I mean, and there's the heartbeat that's that's heard, all kinds of things, and but when there is a viewing of the sonogram, um, there are 70 to 80 percent who of the birth of the of the mothers that um, have this little one inside their womb um, they they choose to not abort it's been amazing the numbers of of uh, young people who are born because and it's really because of the sonogram and it there are wonderful I've been on the board in the past of, of um, several pro-life groups, and the joy of the number of, of young, young mothers, um, m- those who didn't plan on being pregnant, and then they found themselves pregnant because of their choices uh, or b- because of abuse. But the point is, here's this innocent life, and then when you see what happens, these stories of precious, young, little, little lives that are born, and then the, the heart that's been turned toward that that child and the mother uh, who's yielded to the Lord, it's amazing how God uses those individuals to make a difference because they can speak firsthand about I was in this situation, but very candidly, my mother was uh, pregnant with my brother, a year older than me, and she was advised to have an abortion, and uh, I one day went to my brother. I said, are you aware of this? I told him. He said, no, I had no idea, and I went to my two sisters, were you aware of this? and um, they have been on the other side of the abortion issue. And I said, I would hate to think that my brother wasn't alive.
0: We will send resources to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge, by the way. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash hope. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.